the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The Spirit-filled church is bold to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. And let me say right now to you, if you lack boldness, if you lack the boldness to share Christ with people, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to drum up the boldness in yourself. You don't have to, like, I'm just, I'm going to determine to do it. I'm just going to do it. And, and work it up. Isn't that what we do? Pastor Dan is digging into the work of the Spirit in the individual and in the church today. And when you look at the early church, you will see that the Spirit of God filling the disciples made them bold to declare the good news. When they were in the upper room, they weren't busy having a pep rally to get everyone's gumption up to go share the news. They were being filled with the Spirit, and the boldness flowed out of them like fountains of living water. Soak up the Spirit today and become bold for God. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Joel chapter 2 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're actually going to start out in Acts chapter 2, so if you want to go ahead and turn there. Acts chapter 2. Let me pray for us as we get into the Word. Lord, we thank you again just for the time of worship and the time of fellowship, Lord. And it's so, so great to be in your house worshiping you. And Lord, as we open your Word now, we ask that your, your Holy Spirit would be our teacher and that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your Word. I pray and ask, Lord, that your Spirit would be upon me to teach your Word. And that it would all be done in your power. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are studying verse by verse through the Old Testament. We're currently in the book of Joel. But I've kind of paused that study so that we can look in depth at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Then we'll resume our verse by verse study of of Joel. The reason we're looking at the ministry of the Holy Spirit is because we've, we came to Joel chapter 2, where Joel chapter 2 talks about and describes the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on believers that will take place in the last days. The fulfillment of that is in Acts chapter 2, as we've seen in our studies. This is what Jesus called the promise of the Father. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And as we've seen in our previous studies, th- this experience with the Holy Spirit for the believer of being endued with power from on high, it's described several different ways in the book of Acts. It's called the baptism with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit, 
the Holy Spirit coming upon a believer, the Holy Spirit falling upon a believer, the Holy Spirit poured out on believers. These are all different ways of describing the same experience with the Holy Spirit. And just as a a kind of a review, when a believer, when a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation, at that moment, they receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in them at the moment they believed. The Bible says that a believer is sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day or for the day of redemption. But we've seen in our studies over the last couple weeks that there is a difference between having the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and being filled with the Holy Spirit or being empowered with the Holy Spirit for service, to serve the Lord. Last week, we looked at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the individual believer. We talked about our need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and endued with the power of the Holy Spirit and to live the Christian life completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit and not our own strength, not our own ability, not our own flesh, we will look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church corporately. Before we get into it, though, I want you to listen to this quote from A.W. Tozer. Listen to what he said. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. It's quite a statement. So it's important for us to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the church. I want to look at the effects of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the church in the book of Acts. The effects of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church in the book of Acts. And then I will finish up with just looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. So again, the effects of the Holy Spirit on the church in the book of Acts. And these are just some general observations we we can make. Just kind of looking through the chapters in the book of Acts, general observations of the results of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church in the book of Acts. These are in no particular order, so they're not in order of, you know, most important to least important or anything like that. This is not intended to be a comprehensive list of the effects of the Holy Spirit on the church in the book of Acts. For example, tonight I'm not even going to mention the miracles or the healings that take place in the book of Acts as a result of the Holy Spirit. But that certainly was part of that church. So again, these are just some effects that we see. Once the Holy Spirit is poured out in the book of Acts on the church, what was the result of that? And the first thing we see here in Acts chapter 2 is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the believers resulted in worship and praise to God. Worship and praise. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 4. This is is Pentecost. This is when the Holy Spirit is first poured out in fulfillment of Joel chapter 2, the beginning of the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. Verse 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit 
And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, what, what did they speak? Well, look down in verse 11. It says in verse 11, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. They're filled with the Spirit. They begin to speak in tongues. Don't get hung up on that. We'll, we'll talk about that. But more importantly, what were they speaking? What were they proclaiming? They were proclaiming the wonderful works of God. So when they're filled with the Spirit, there's this, you know, just this overflow of praise that comes out. Uh, in Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 10, when you don't have to turn there, but when Peter preached in the household of Cornelius, as Peter was preaching Jesus to them, sharing the gospel with them, it says the Holy Spirit fell upon those that were in the house and they began to speak in tongues, magnifying God. Magnifying God. They immediately began to magnify God or exalt God. So one of the results of a church being filled with the Spirit will be hearts that magnify God. Hearts that exalt God and worship and praise. Uh, the pouring out of our hearts before the Lord. The pouring out of our praise. Speaking of his wonderful works. The, the filling of the Spirit should affect our worship. It should affect our adoration for the Lord. Uh, you know, back in the early 1900s, 1904, in, in fact, uh, there was a revival in Wales known as the Welsh Revival. During the Welsh Revival, it, the Welsh Revival was marked by worship. Worship. During the Welsh Revival, people would fill churches to worship the Lord. All the churches. Not one particular church where the Holy Spirit was being poured out, but the whole country. All the churches. And, and there was no, you know, there was no worship leader. There was no you know, pastor up on the platform leading the, the thing or organizing it. The Holy Spirit was leading it. And people filled the churches and just engaged in spontaneous worship and praise, singing to the Lord. In many of the towns in Wales, uh, people worked shift work in factories and coal mines. And when workers finished their shift, they would go to the churches to worship instead of going home. And so they would show up from the coal mines at churches. And during the Welsh revival, many churches just stayed open around the clock. Because they had people just coming in. People would finish their shift and show up at, at church to worship. People would go to church before work to worship. And so you just had this steady stream of people coming into the church and going out of the church. As they would finish their work day, they would just show up. The steady flow of people coming in to worship, replacing those that had to leave to go to work. And this went on like this around the clock for days and days and days and days. Where churches were just, they were just open. The service was just ongoing where people were just coming and, and praising the Lord, lifting their voices in, in worship. Um, they had a hunger. They had a hunger for worship. As a result of this outpouring of the Spirit, even to the present day, at Welsh rugby matches and Welsh soccer games, the Welsh fans sing hymns during the games. 
I mean, you think about the last time you went to an Orioles game or a Ravens game. What were they singing? At Welsh sporting events, they sing hymns. The hymn, The Bread of Heaven, is like the unofficial song of the Welsh rugby team. The Bread of Heaven. To this day. And the singing of hymns at sporting events is a carryover from the Welsh revival in the early 1900s. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, the, the church has a heart for worship and a heart for praise. So that's one, one result we see. Another result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is boldness. Boldness to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Boldness to proclaim the gospel. In Acts chapter 2, as the Holy Spirit is poured out, and there's a crowd there that hears the disciples speaking in tongues, worshiping God, speaking of the wonderful works of God. In Acts chapter 2, Peter boldly declared the gospel of Jesus Christ to that crowd. Uh, look, at, look at verse 22, what he says in the middle of his sermon here. Peter speaking, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by death. You crucified him, he says. And God raised him up. Uh, look down in verse 36 of his sermon. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what, what shall we do? In other words, you're, you're right. We did crucify him. What do we do now? Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. He preaches with boldness. This is the same Peter, remember, who before Pentecost on the night of the arrest of Jesus, he denied he even knew the Lord. Uh, it says that a young girl asked him, aren't you one of those Galileans? Aren't you one of his disciples? I swear to you, I don't even know this guy. You know, a young girl, one young girl made Peter a chicken. And now he stands up in front of thousands of people. 
You crucified him. (laughs) There's a boldness now that he has from the Holy Spirit. Uh, Turn over to Acts chapter 4 and just look at verse 13. In verse 13, we're told that the religious leaders saw the boldness of Peter and John. They saw their boldness. Uh, Look down in verse 29 of chapter 4. The disciples have been persecuted by the religious leaders for preaching Jesus. And they prayed for greater boldness in verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness. They may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is another filling of the Holy Spirit. It's a a separate filling. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. The Spirit-filled church is bold to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. And let me say right now to you, if you lack boldness, if you lack the boldness to share Christ with people, ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to drum up the boldness in yourself. You don't have to, like, I'm just, I'm going to determine to do it. I'm just going to do it and, and work it up. Isn't that what we do? No, we need the filling of the Spirit. The filling of the Spirit will give us boldness. And so pray and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will give you boldness. Another result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church in the book of Acts is an emphasis on the word of God. An emphasis on the word of God. Look at chapter 2 again, Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, Peter explained this manifestation of the Spirit with God's word. Look at verse 16. In verse 16, Peter stands up and tells the crowd, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he quotes from the prophet Joel, beginning in verse 17. How many of you could quote the prophet Joel right now? He quotes from the prophet Joel, beginning in verse 17. And and in your Bible, Just look at Peter's sermon here. It begins in verse 14. It goes all the way down to verse 36. Look how much scripture Peter quoted. It's literally half of his sermon. It's scripture. In all the sermons recorded in the book of Acts, the apostles used a lot of scripture in their preaching. In some of their sermons, the apostles just string quotes from the Old Testament Together. The emphasis was on the word of God. This is an effect of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the early church. An emphasis on the word of God. The preaching of the gospel and the word of God were both central. The Holy Spirit works through the word of God. Historically, when there is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church... It is connected to the proclaiming of the gospel and the preaching of the word 
of God. The gospel and the Bible are always the foundation of a true revival of the Holy Spirit. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit also resulted in unity in the church. Unity in the church. Division in a church is always the result of carnality. And people walking in the flesh. The Holy Spirit produces unity. Again, look at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. This phrase, one accord, is used ten times in the book of Acts to describe the church. It means to have one mind or one passion. And the, the word has the idea of, of moving together in unison. Jesus was their one passion of the early church. They, they were united together around Jesus Christ and everything they did together as a church. I look down in verse 46. Chapter 2, verse 46. And so, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Again, there's, there's a unity there. There's a oneness. They're of one accord. They've got one passion. Jesus Christ, worshiping him. That's what unites them. That's what brings them together. That's what they're, they're moving in unison as one unit, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Look down in chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 12. We're not going to look at all the examples, but there's 10 of them. Chapter 5, the last half of the verse, verse 12. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Solomon's porch was an area in the temple courts, a covered portico area where people could gather. They're all with one accord. There's just this one passion that unites them, this one passion of Jesus Christ. Look back in chapter 4, verse 32. Chapter 4, verse 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. One heart and one soul. We see unity in the church. That's evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in this church. There's unity. They're of one heart. They're of one soul. They've got one passion, Jesus Christ. Romans 15, verse 5. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. Romans 15, 5. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, and that you may be with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One mind, one mouth, glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unity. I don't know if I remember a time in my lifetime when there has been more division in our country. People divide over everything these days. But in the church, we have a spirit-filled church, there's, there's unity. And the one thing that brings us together that we're unified around is Jesus Christ. He asked me how I know and I say bring truer than the finest crystal. 
If you're looking for a book that could inspire an end-of-the-world theme, Joel is the place to start. This book details what's called the Day of the Lord. Many fearful things are mentioned in this book, which is a prophecy of what's to come. Why does this book matter? Well, it's a reminder that God will judge the world and the people in it for unrepentant sin. But the positive side of this is that God wants to clean things up so He can make things new. Just like dirty laundry requires washing and even bleaching to get things clean, God will do a similar thing with the world, ridding it of sin. If you're puzzled by what you've heard today or are simply concerned by this book, we'd be happy to talk with you and help your understanding of what's written in the Bible. The number you can reach us at is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you listen to this series in the book of Joel. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. Pastor Dan will continue teaching through the book of Joel next time. But if you'd like to hear additional messages from this series, you can find them at calvaryec.com under the media tab. We're so glad you took the time to tune in to today's teaching, and we hope you'll continue to be a part of our listening audience here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.